1: Hey all Double G here from Fight Game Media. I just wanted to talk about some of the bonus content we've been dropping on our Patreon, AKA Fight Game Media Network Plus. John LaRocca and I dropped our 1998 Royal Rumble Watch Along, which is a compliment to our 1998 Raw Review Series as we cover the year in which Stone Cold Steve Austin becomes the biggest star in wrestling. Just last week, Carlos Toro and Robert Silva for our boxing podcast, Pound for Pound, put out their monthly bonus show on the biggest upsets in boxing, heading all the way back to 1986 when Donald Curry lost to Lloyd Hunnigan. Carlos wasn't even born yet, so he was watching the fight for the first time, and Robert is recounting facts from that fight like it just happened yesterday. Also, don't forget to check out myself and Chris DePetrillo in our Karate Kid podcast, which is exclusive to the Patreon, as we cover Cobra Kai Season 4. Terry Silver is back, y'all, and he's looking for revenge on one Danny Boy LaRusso. Check out the Patreon at patreon.com front fight game media. It is just five bucks. Give us a shot. Your Starbucks order probably costs more than that. Now, on to the show.
0: That, write that down, write that, write that down, write that write that down, write that write that down, write that down, us, right at staff at and this is write that down, write write that and myself. Okay, today, we embark on a long journey, the first, part one of our profile series on the one, the only, very, very special, Antonio Inoki. This episode focuses on Inoki's early years, when he was growing up, you know, the youngest of 11 children of a big family, and moving to Sao Paulo, Brazil, losing his grandfather on the boat ride there, Enrique Dozán finding him while in Brazil, going back to Japan working for JWA and Enrique Dozán debuting the same day as Giant Baba, teaming with Giant Baba later on, being the super tag team, I B the rise of Tokyo Pro Wrestling, the rise of international wrestling I W E, the debut of New Japan in 1972. We talk a bit about Carl Gotch as well, how he factors into all of this. This is all in the first episode. This is just the early years. We only get up to 1972, 50 years from the debut of the company, New Japan, by the way. It'll be next month, actually, February. So, that's pretty dense, right? That's just part one. The early years, Antonio Inoki. This is Write That Down for Misaito, myself, Justin Nipper. This is part of probably what's going to be a five-episode series. On Enoki. We're going to follow up with a, uh, something on Baba as well that's going to coincide with all this. So everyone, strap in. Let's go. Let's start with talking about Inoki before he became a wrestler before he trained as a wrestler he right was... right he was born 1943 1943
2: february 20th 1943 so he'll be yeah 79 yes mm-hmm. and he was born in yokohama tsurumiku yokohama yeah four seven boys and four girls 11 yeah 11 people yeah. wow big family brother yeah, seven brothers and four sisters, and he is like the second youngest of eleven children.
0: He's the young, he's the baby.
2: Yeah, second, yeah, second youngest of eleven cho- children, in Inoki family, and his father passed away, when he was only five. Wow. Yeah. yeah so he does not have much memory of his father, but the, the closest father figure was. Inoki's grandfather, Juro-san.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And uh, it was like more of a father than a grandpa. It was really close. And the uh, grandpa Inoki, uh, well, his, his, his last name wasn't, you know, Inoki, but he, his Juro Sagara. Okay. He was the one who initiated the idea to bring the whole family to Brazil. Mm-hmm. What year was this? Uh, the year he went to Brazil when so he, was he was
0: a little kid still? He was 14 14, okay, like junior high school Yeah, 1957 Okay, 1957
2: yeah. Right, 1957 He went to, at the age of 14 He went to the whole, not the whole family But the half the family Half the family stayed in Japan But the, the grandpa took half the family And Inoki's you know, mother and brothers To Brazil to start a coffee farm in brazil
0: hmm. that's a gutsy thing to do it's a it's a risk it's it's, it's a, a big risk. risk yeah um 1957
2: 12 years after the war
0: mm-hmm. a lot of families were trying to re-establish themselves and and a lot of families seem to be like dipping into new industries like this like yeah. opportunities like said, entrepreneurship
2: you know Inoki was born 1943 so the war was over when he was just two years old 1945 right Mm -hmm. so he grew up in this uh, this post war era definitely. And at the age of 14 1957 his family with with the initiation of his very influential grandfather Juro that that they took the boat from Yokohama got not a plane it's a big boat all the way across the pacific ocean all the way to brazil and unfortunately that the uh, father figure grandfather juro died on the boat on their way to brazil so the grandpa never made it there
0: yeah. so when they got to brazil without their grandfather what happened next
2: that The whole family moved to Sao Paulo, Brazil and then started working for the farm. Yeah.
0: Started uh, harvesting coffee beans.
2: Yeah, but wasn't quite the owner of the farm, but they had to work for somebody first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, they worked for, you know, fruit and vegetable market. It's a, it's a real physical labor, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Hard manual and labor. Also,
2: yeah, and then also Inoki and, and his older brothers were in karate and uh, track and field, and Inoki was a shot putter, you know, thing doing that. Uh, yeah, and uh, he made uh, some some teenage record of some you know shot putters, some yeah something athletic, and that. Uh, 1950 uh, two years three years shortly three years later i believe it was a uh, 50 either 59 or the beginning of 1960 ricky Dozan had a tour in brazil mm-hmm. and uh, that's when uh, legend starts either Inoki was discovered by ricky Dozan or being introduced by somebody to ricky Dozen and, and then the first site that uh, Riki Dozan looked at him and said, I'm going to bring this kid back to Japan.
0: It really sounds like a movie, the beginning of yeah, a movie story. beginning or of the movie,
2: right, right. So the, the, his life has been very dramatic from that very early, you know, real early stage. Then three years later, after, you know, the entire family moved to Brazil, just Inoki, Kanji Inoki at the time, yeah, mm-hmm. real name. 17 year old Kanji Inoki came back to Japan three years later. 17 year old Inoki. And he, he was introduced as a, he was actually a, niece, you know, like a, uh, they had this, you know, fictitious, you know, profile on him. It says This kid was born in Brazil, Sao Paulo, and half Japanese, half Brazilian. So he was not allowed to speak Japanese. <laughs> Is that weird? For how long was that? Oh, the first like uh, rookie year. Hmm. At the time, no, that the uh, sports pages and the media pretty much believed what Rikidozan will tell you, You know, they, pro- yeah, pretty much didn't go into big details or anything. So that the piece of paper said that the, this Kanji, seventeen-year-old Kanji Inoki, was discovered by Rikidozan in São Paulo, Brazil, and brought, you know, being brought back to Japan to be wrestler. And uh, he's half Brazilian and half Japanese, Nisei. So that was his very initial gimmick. So he had this fantasy thing, of, like almost like a fiction, you know, background right from the beginning. Isn't that interesting? Kind of like a like a
0: myth, almost the myth. Oh of the
2: yeah, movie. well, the, the, the Inoki is, is kind of like a myth. Uh, his whole life, right? Because. Mm-hmm. We think we know a lot about Inoki, and of course, we know what he has done and how influential and his glory you know, just glorified his wrestling career and what he hasn't done. You know, it's like wow, it's like he's done everything. But, uh, yes, yeah, from the beginning, Rookie Kanji Inoki was brought back to Japan as a golden rookie and introduced in April of 1960 as Rookie, very same day. Two rookies were introduced in the ring. Shohei Baba, later on Giant Baba, of course, Mm -hmm. and Kanji Inoki, rookie, five years younger than Baba. But Baba was more of a golden rookie because he was uh, the former baseball player, you know, Yomiuri Giants pitcher. Mm
0: -hmm. So So he he had a little bit of a following. People were familiar.
2: Yeah, and then also he was sent to America pretty much right away in rookie year see inoki didn't have very uh the that the the baba's you know treatment see baba was old enough where he didn't have to <clears throat> live in live in dojo he had his own apartment and just came to dojo every morning to practice whereas inoki had to live in Rikidozan's home like a servant
0: Uh very similar to uh kind of how jumbo Tsuruta took uh his training and uh his treatment right. became uh, well logical. yeah
2: because Jumbo was former Olympian and had a yeah already had a wrestling background and then sent to Amarillo, Texas to be trained under Dory Funk and mm-hmm. Funk family, right? But the Inoki was a more of a deshi, if you know the word, like a disciple of of Rikidozan dynasty. Mm. Oh, being 17 year old is a lot to do with that too, like being you know a minor, right? Mm-hmm and he was living in in in, in Rikidozan's home so he was taking care of you know Rikidozan outside the ring basically washing his back right
0: mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah I mean, am a very japanese way to do it but uh yeah inoki didn't have this <clears throat> like a golden rookie treatment he was more of a shindeshi you know deshi is like a disciple but uh yeah he trained under you know Rikidozan and all the senior wrestlers like Nobori, the Kokichi Endo, the, yeah, Michiaki Yoshimura, all these people, and uh, 17-year-old. And, like I said, April of 1960, Baba and Inoki were introduced together the same, very same day, right, in Mm -hmm. the ring by ring announcer. And September 30th of the same year, Baba and Inoki had a debut match the very same day, too. So they were a big rival from the beginning. Introduction to the crowd and the press the same day, April of 1960 and the very, uh, that uh, the debut match September 30th of the same year, 1960. Giant Baba beat Katsurahama in just a few minutes and Inoki was beaten by Kintaro Oki, you know, the MOBA, you know, the arm lock shoot move, you know, and Inoki was beat. So, uh, Jan Baba went over big first match, and Inoki was just just a guy, you know. And uh, but Jan Baba pretty much left the following year to be a big star in New York, and uh, Yoshino Sato and Yukio Suzuki, little mammoth Suzuki, that uh, they they toured all over America. In the meantime, eighteen-year-old, nineteen-year-old, you know, twentieth, that uh, twenty-year-old Inoki was doing uh, young boy work. In the meantime right and uh yeah so inoki was more of an underdog very first 5 years or so are you following me
0: it's kind of the traditional or the typical path that a lot of japanese wrestlers or even japanese ass like um individual uh, sports athletes
2: oh sumo, kind of wrestling sumo
0: wrestling for sure yeah
2: yeah and if you know the word senpai and kohais you know if you started a day earlier or you know or a week earlier that you always be a senpai like a senior you know yeah
0: like a senior and junior like a mentor and mentee yeah. and that yeah, really so. yeah that really colors the dynamic of the relationships between people especially in japanese wrestling and especially here yeah there's that level yeah. of uh you know the uh, it's vertical relationship you know it's 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 very
2: uh, vertical yes
0: it's I think that really good and bad good and bad bad. it's just how it is though and and when you get that you really start to uh understand why certain wrestlers act certain ways in the ring or they wrestle certain ways and, and such but we really throughout for for 20 more than 20 years we saw that that kind of um relationship rivalry or whatever you want to call it yeah. Turned into something much bigger than both of them.
2: Yeah, but uh, for Inoki and giant Baba's case that the uh, that the uh, they you know cross path again. You know, in a few years that uh, Baba came back a couple years later as a main event cluster, right? Inoki still being uh, like a, that the uh, premium, I mean premium or the mid card young guy the, the there was a difference in, in the status there and uh there was a world league tournament every spring if you remember <clears throat> jwa had uh, kind of like uh <clears throat> all japan's champions carnival or new japan had a iwgp tournament every every spring before iwgp became a heavyweight championship title that uh every spring there was a big big tournament called world league they started like in 19, uh, Four and a 1959, I believe, that like people like you know uh Jesse Ortega and the guitarist, that uh, all these, you know, uh big superstar from America came and did, did the like round robin tournament. And uh and fourth year, that that should have been 1961 or two, Inoki was already throwing there in his fourth year career, you know, it's very interesting that uh, the tournament had people like Luthes, Freddie Blassie, you know, and uh, Sonny Myers, yeah, all these big names. So, you know, this 18, 19 year old Inoki had a single match against all these people already in Japan, I'm talking about Luthes.
0: So he was a bit of a stuff. phenom, Trading like a, a young, young phenom.
2: Uh, yeah, I was thrown into the tournament as the youngest guy in there, and had a chance to see Kurogachi in his prime. Yeah, mm. yeah. Korogach's very first trip was back in 1961. Inoki was sitting right outside the ring, like a young boy, watching him. They weren't tight until, when, you know, until they, you know, Karagachi moved to Japan in 1968 to be a exclusive coach for JWA. That's when Inoki and Karagachi became really tight, but, uh, rookie Inoki was witnessing all these, every single American superstar coming from America to have a, have a important single match against Ricky Dawson. He was there. He was there. People didn't notice notice him at, at the time cuz Inoki was the one who was carrying ricky dozen's costume or like you said towel boy
0: yeah mm-hmm. towel boy yeah
2: yeah yeah it's not interesting it's very it's like a very interesting to watch you know japanese videotape from like the 70s and 80s who's walking around outside the ring who will become somebody later on
0: lots of people like, yeah you can watch a, a lot, lot of, of uh, lots and lots of different stars when they were jeez
2: young boy wearing you know tracksuit and top and bottom you know you see young Nobuhiko hikotakara or young akira maeda or all these people outside the ring, or like minoru a suzuki, killer, killer, minoru suzuki carrying With Inoki. Bag. yeah of course chono yeah hashimoto Muto for that matter yeah but the enoki was actually one of them for ricky carrying costume and towels and you know bucket of water or something you know but, uh, yeah, it was interesting that Inoki you know, was witnessing all these things from, like, a three feet away.
0: is that, that interesting? And it's interesting also because Baba didn't do that. Because he was sent to America right away and then mm. had under
2: the giant treatment.
0: Totally different uh, experience Pat. he had.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because second year on, giant Baba was sent to america and it was already headlining madison square garden against people like argentina Raca.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: in the meantime antonio Nuki was doing first match second
0: match every night and get beat when did he become antonio and drop the kanji name
2: uh i believe it was during the, the trip to okinawa sometime in like 58 uh 50 wait a minute no, no. I said he was he rookie. It was 1960. So it, it had to be like 63 then. Okay.
0: Yeah. So a couple years after his debut.
2: Yeah. And also Ricky Dozen had a drama series called Champion Futoshi that the, Ricky Dozan appeared as himself. And there was a TV drama, the little kid becoming wrestler, right? And Inoki dressed up. In, in native american costume in in the play the villain uh, that the challenging you know uh, ricky Dozan. so actually hmm. in this tv drama black and white tv drama there was a dream match between ricky dozen and young Antonio Inoki and uh, <laughs> Inoki wearing you know like a you know costume but th- that was young inoki doing it you know and that the videotape exists that the DVD
0: is out there. Wow so it's the only footage we have of Inoki versus Ricky Dozan
2: it's a part of the movies, but uh, yeah, that, that,
0: that <laughs> exists. yeah,
2: mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And during the trip, uh, that uh, tour, please remember this: Okinawa was still part of U.S. United States. Mm-hmm. Okinawa Island, of Okinawa was not you know, uh, was not returned to Japan until 1972. There was a war. Remember? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and uh, the, the the entire island of Okinawa was still territory of U.S that's why that they still have that the 70% of okinawa land the entire land is occupied by U, us you know base to this day but that's not the point but that, that's not what we're talking about today but the, the, during the okinawa tour uh toyonobori the senior wrestler gave inoki antonio name the, ah. there's a yeah there's there's been uh, quite a few theory to that um, during Ricky Dozan's era, most of the American superstars made trip to Japan, but the two wrestlers who never made to Japan was Antoni- uh, Antonino Rocker and Buddy Rogers. Those two never came to Japan. Any reason? I guess New York was pretty far away at the time in 1960s. You yeah. know, mm. uh, we, we believed, or Japanese audience were led to believe that uh, those superstars came from all over the world or all over the united states but the most wrestlers actually came from california at the time huh see there was no direct flight to new york at the time every airplane from tokyo haneda airport will land in honolulu hawaii first then went to california there's no direct flight from tokyo to new york like we do today so madison square garden in new york or all the saint louis for that matter you know, uh, was pretty far away. And if you think about the Sharp Brothers, the Freddie Blassie, the um, whatnot, they were California based professional wrestlers. That's right. Buyer, the destroyer too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, under the very unfortunate circumstances that the uh, ninth December of 1963, Rick Dosen, um passes away.
0: 1963 that's
2: right yeah december yeah december of 1963 and he was Inoki was promised at the time that the next next rookie who's going to america is you right hmm. and i mean like going to america just like today you know like y- you go overseas for a year and go away and then come back as a you wrestling know, superstar right mm-hmm Mm -hmm. Think about like a Kazuchika Okada treatment, or Shinsuke Nakamura, Hiroshi Tanahashi, for that matter, everybody else.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: uh, You disappear from Japanese ring for like a year or two. Then you come back with longer hair, different costume, or different ring name, or different, you know, uh, America basically different person. You become star in Japanese ring. But Inoki was promised in the end of 1963 that uh, you'd be the next one to go to America. So I guess he was oh, you know getting ready for that but uh, that the master Ricky Dozen, passes away at uh, December of 1963. so it's like oh well, it wasn't going to happen because Ricky Dozen passing that the people were afraid that there was wasn't gonna to be
0: wrestling anymore right because mm. that was it he was the JWA more or less right And he was the wrestling mm-hmm.
2: yeah. But, where did, uh, did
0: Toyo Nobori rank up between uh where you know uh, he was, was number then? two guy yeah he, so he was, was the number two guy yeah, when yeah, Ricky Dozen was alive
2: for, right right already number two guy because Ricky Dozen really loved this guy Toyo Nobori, and also he was like a little brother in he came from a sumo wrestling world too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. former sumo wrestler and actually Toyonobori and Inoki were really tight at the time and Three months after Rick Dozen's passing, March of 1964, March of 1964, Inoki finally left Japan. They went to Hawaii first. uh, The turn about it to 4, 1965. The two two years Inoki traveled the U.S., never came back for two years.
0: And in this time, JWA had dissolved? Or or what had happened with the original JWA company? Made
2: made Toyonobori a champion. I see. But it didn't last
0: until uh, the 70s.
2: No, no. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So after Rikidozen passing, uh, the four gentlemen, four wrestlers, yeah, Toyonobori, Kokichi Endo, Yoshino Sato, and Michiaki Yoshimura. Those four cartel became the president of the wrestling company after Dozan died. So four. Mm-hmm. Yoshino Sato, Kokichi Endo, Michiaki Yoshimura, and Toyonobori. OK, those four. But in ring, Toyonobori pretty much was the guy uh, to be the ace of the ring. And JWA, JWA had a business partnership with WWA, the Worldwide Wrestling Associates from California now defunct of course but the uh, wwa was the world heavyweight title at the time the destroyer dick Bayer was a champion destroyer was brought into japan and toyonobori beat him uh, to become wwa world champion that was uh, their big big program in the meantime Inoki on his own it, like 20 years old 20 yeah only 20 year old Inoki traveled to states all by himself starting from california uh, yeah los angeles then went to kansas city for a while and then became his ring name is tokyo tom <laughs> <laughs> yeah tokyo tom yeah then came back to uh california then went up to portland oregon for a whole year you know the don owen the, the portland pro wrestling yeah then he spent one whole year over there then came back to california then then also traveled to tennessee he made a tag team with Hiro Matsuda and made the medics Midic, to become that uh, their version of NWA world, you know, tag team champions. And then he traveled to Tennessee, that part of Texas and Houston, Paul Bosch. Yeah, of course. And uh, yeah, he was and I think he was his name was little Tokyo in Texas too, little Tokyo, and also Anji Noki. See, he had a different ring name in different places, much like a lot of Japanese wrestlers at the time, huh?
0: That was pretty common. It seems like the the promoters just decided what was best for uh, the wrestler, and and one yeah, and area and, uh, they'd uh, be. You,
2: they can't. They won't use the word. But uh, I have a copy of Houston program from like 1965. The caption read, "Jap Giant."
0: You would see that a lot in the papers and in uh media that was uh accepted. Yeah, it was accepted. Yeah. Uh yeah, you'd see it pretty, yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah, because you know like uh, legitimately 64, 65 at the time when he see when he was younger, he was a lot taller. You know, he, he shrunk a little, you know, as <laughs> as you know, as he got older, but uh 64, like a hundred and ninety centimeter height Japanese was pretty tall for American common sense, huh?
0: I think so. It seems yeah, like Yeah, because, you
2: know, yeah, when you t- look at the people like a great Togo or Tojo Yamamoto or Mitsu Arakawa or Duke Kiyomuka or, yeah, at the time that the Japanese wrestlers were short and stocky. and
0: Short, stocky guys but- with the long black pants.
2: Yeah, yeah, like knee tights and barefoot. Yeah. You yeah. throw salt.
0: Yeah. You smile. More- less of a fighter
2: yeah everything's stereotypical that uh, you you know you bow and smile for no reason and uh, when your opponent turn their back that uh, you attack them like a power harbor right (laughs) (laughs) but for Inoki, you know he was a good looking young wrestler real tall and he didn't have that uh you know typical japanese heel knee tights he had a short trunks barefooted but the short trunks so he grew out of this stereotypical japanese role while he was in america then uh, he traveled like i said california territory oregon territory kansas tennessee houston texas yeah then, then he spent the entire two years traveling around you know traveling when you were 20 and 21 22 yeah i guess yeah that's a that's adventurous Especially also,
0: then, that was a very interesting time in the states,
2: right? Right, and uh, you're still like really. Uh, I mean, if you're a Japanese wrestler, you're automatic heel,
0: huh? Back then, yeah, for a very long time, that was the yeah and then the story. rule breaking, and
2: uh, yeah. But uh, you know, he traveled and uh, all all by himself, and uh, he met people, and hooked, hooked and hooked up with like all like uh, became really close later on Hiro Matsuda Hiro Matsuda was uh pretty much the very first free agent you know he walked away from Ricky Dawson's school he went to Peru then he went to Mexico then you know moved to America and later on he was part of NWA Florida Championship Wrestling from Florida office and uh yeah the Hiro Matsuda was a uh, kind of like older brother to Inoki and and they became tag team and uh, it was actually um, like a meeting up, you know, traveling all by yourself, you know, wrestling is one thing, but the meeting people and the making
0: your own connection was just as important, right? It wasn't so easy to do back then either. It was very, right. uh, you, who you were connected with, they really bonded with these people. You yeah, know,
2: Duke on from, yeah from Florida and Texas, and also... Uh, uh that the morris morris Siegel from houston paul bosch promoter and kansas sunny myers remembered inoki from ricky dozen sunny myers was a promoter and in in a main event guy in kansas city that that he remembered young Inoki because sunny myers came to japan previous years and spent like three months in japan challenging ricky dozen's t- international title and uh, recognized something in Ino- young Inoki. so Sonny myers in- invited Inoki over to kansas city and you know, come here and spend time and, and these were a the very interesting time and that's when he picked up english you know he had to speak english
0: and he learned the slow-
2: yeah and then slowly but surely you are becoming international oriented you know what international superstar wrestling should be you know not just wrestling skill and hard work or psychology of professional wrestling but i mean all all about this wrestling business as a whole something probably ricky dozen didn't teach you you know what i'm saying
0: yeah he, yeah he couldn't teach he was in a much different position at the time yeah yeah uh yeah like like we said like a different path different it was important just as important but very different yeah but the, that that really made
2: Inoki, though, as a person, you know, you're on your own traveling all over the United States all by yourself when you're 20, 21, 22, and uh, you really picked up the business too, and uh, becoming Antonio Inoki. Then fast forward a little bit, ni- January 1966, he flew back to Hawaii on his way back to Japan, okay, and something happened uh, within JWA at the time. Toyonobori was fired from the JWA, and Yoshino Sato, Kokichi Endo, and Yoshimura, three guys took over the whole business, and Toyo Toyonobori was pushed out, and when Inoki went to uh, Hawaii, that all those three people were there to meet, uh, along with uh, that uh, a, uh, JWA's agent, Oki Shikina, that, uh, all right, you're coming back to Japan and uh, participating in the eighth annual uh, world league tournament, you know, and, uh, we gotta, you know, that, uh, promise you this, this much money and guarantee and whole bit. And a couple of days later, that then, that the now free agent, Toyonobori shows up in Hawaii and had a secret meeting with Inoki. And Toyonobori told Inoki that, uh, 23 though, 23 year old Inoki, that uh, leave JWA, you'll never surpass Jan Baba they have planned for giant barber if you go back to jwa that you are always going to be number two guy and Toyo nobody had a plan that he's starting a second company tokyo
0: pro wrestling did you know that which was different from i think there was tokyo pro wrestling later on in like the 90s yeah oh it's
2: completely completely different yeah different No association. 23-year-old Antonio Inoki was about to start his very first outlaw company. (laughs) You know, kind of like JWA being NWA established with network television with big budget, you know, about to run an annual uh, World League tournament in spring. And Inoki was going to be somewhat a focal point of the tournament. But Toyonobori came to Hawaii and stole him you know, with one day meeting. But it's now it's well documented. But we I mean to this day we don't know what was talked about. But Toyonobori prom promised him that Inoki that the 23 year old, very um you know, um, um you know he had desire to be the number one guy of course, you know, and ambitious, right? That uh that the after one night, you know, secret closed door meeting with Toru Noiri, he decided, you know, Inoki pretty much decided to walk away and leave JWA altogether. Twenty-three-year-old Inoki starting his first outlaw promotion. It's called Tokyo Pro Wrestling, and uh, Inoki and Toru spent next six months in Japan, you know, putting together a new company. And in I believe September or October of 1966, uh Tokyo Pro Wrestling finally launched. <clears throat> in the meantime, you know, this 23-year-old now becoming a promoter, you know, you know, Antonio Inoki traveled back and forth with the states to recruit a wrestler and uh, to to start a tour, right? Very first Tokyo Pro Wrestling tour had then that uh, they haven't seen that the superstar from America in Johnny, you know, Valentine, he was able to bring Johnny Valentine to the tour. And that was the main event of Tokyo, you know, Tokyo pro wrestling. 23 year old Antonio Nokia against us heavyweight champion, Johnny Valentine. And that was their big match. Are you following me?
0: That was a big deal. That was a big deal because uh was that, his first real um, spotlight sort of match. Sure, sure.
2: Yeah, because Inoki left, you know, Japan three years earlier, and he wasn't in the magazine or anything, you know, just he was gone for a while. But he came back as like a like now like a new star. So, of course, that the JWA's focal point was moving towards giant Baba and JWA revived Ricky Dawson's international heavyweight title and then held the tournament to determine that the reborn international heavyweight title, you know, things like giant Baba against Dick the Bruiser, giant Baba against Dick Buyer, the giant Baba against whatnot, and uh, giant Baba was becoming a superstar over channel four. So, It was the very first year that the Inoki was like a still chasing, still chasing, but like a coming closer and closer to Baba's status, 1966. But unfortunately, though, this Tokyo Pro Wrestling only lasted like uh, just one year. Mm
0: Yeah. And they went out of business
2: as of 1967 and January of 1967, yet another company called IWE international wrestling enterprise started with Hiro Matsuda and Isao Yoshiwara that Inoki worked one tour with IWE and revived that the American tag team in Inoki and Hiro Matsuda and they were billed as NWA world tag team champions and had a series of match against people like Eddie Graham and Sammy Steamboat. so they had tour but uh there was a falling out that, uh, and then a uh, politician came in and, uh, they signed Inoki away and then Inoki was all, all of a sudden, Inoki was signed with JWA back in
0: April of 1967. So he was only with, uh, IWE for a very short time.
2: One, one, one tour. And at the time the Tokyo pro wrestling went out of business quick. Yeah. And there was a falling, a falling out between Inoki and Toyonobori too.
0: Any idea what happened? Was it a money thing?
2: Everything, everything, yeah. Because they were going to have this, you know, 40 day tour and it was cut short to 15 shows. They were going to have television deal. It never happened. And a lot of things, yeah. Yeah. And at the time, people like, you know, young Masa Saito, uh, young Russia, Kimura, all these people are in undercard, in undercard of Tokyo pro wrestling. No, very interesting,
0: huh? Mm, and later so, IWE too, like, uh, Kimura. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So
2: they will cross paths again. That's so interesting. You know, that's what's so interesting, interesting about the wrestling.
0: Yeah, that's, um, will, there was a big um, kind of rivalry or feud between Russia Kimura and Antonio Inoki kind of at the end later of the, the Early,
2: early, early 80s, yeah.
0: Early 80s. 80s and then early, kind of that um, early New Japan myth building of Antonio Inoki. We'll get to that probably in the next episode. Yeah, a little bit that's later far on. Yeah, away. Yeah,
2: next, next, yeah, but the young Masa Saito came out of Uh, Tokyo Olympic 1964 joined JWA, but he wasn't happy, so Masa Saito and Thunder Sugiyama, two Olympian, walked away from JWA and uh, one joined IWE, Masa Saito joined Tokyo Pro Wrestling, and and Inoki and Masa Saito actually spent, they shared apartment in Hawaii for six months and trained together, Masa Saito and Inoki. see, Hmm. They were like the best of friends, actually. Hmm. Later on, they became big big rival in late 80s, 80s if you remember inoki against masa saito like five you know important single match in 1987
0: mm. including the or jungle, in the jungle match.
2: match yeah all and those things
0: small
2: yeah and then that's when you know masa saito pretty much decided that the, he should be here that will make him the single match opponent against Anthony inoki on top mm-hmm you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So later on, that's like a much later on they'll Cross path again. But uh, uh pretty much after Tokyo Pro Wrestling that the Masa Saito decided to go move to America and spend next 20 years just in America.
0: Yeah. I'm sure we'll cover that on a different episode as well because yes, yeah, yeah. And and the when he came back to feud with Inoki, he had come back from those 20 years of living in the states. He was he was a, yeah. a star in the states. Sure. Yeah, WWE, WWF tag team champions with Mr. Fuji, or the U.S. tag
2: team champion in San Francisco was Kinji Shibuya, or he was a U.S. champion that the Florida heavyweight champion, NWF Florida. He traveled all over, all over on his own. That's another story. That's mm-hmm. like a very interesting wrestling story in him. So we'll have Masa Saito episodes sometimes, but today Night we're talking about Anthony Inoki and JWA in April of 1967. That's when Inoki and Jan Baba became BI combination. Baba Inoki together as like a strongest tag team for the next five years.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Inoki and Baba together though, you know, for the the five year period. 67 to 70, end of 1971, Inoki Mm -hmm. leaves and Inoki leaves uh, JWA again and forms New Japan Pro Wrestling in 1972. Giant Baba leaves JWA and forms his All Japan Pro Wrestling, both 1972. So 1972 is very interesting year too. But f- for now, that the the, the the 67, 68, 69, 70, 71 for the five five year period, there was a like a happy five year that the Baba and Inoki were together. That the B1, B-I combination, Baba and Inoki. okay? B-I combination as an international tag team, like when I was a little, little kid, that they beat every tag team, like Dick Bruiser and the Crusher, that the Danny Hodge and Weber Schneider together, that the, the all kinds, ta- yeah, young Terry and Dory Funk, that they beat everybody, yeah.
0: They were like a super team. They were a super team, yeah. And they were sort of, you know, in the position that they, they took the place of Rikidozan after he passed away. Both of them together were and
2: also as, as symbolic as it is that the you know, uh, that the Rikidozan was a hero of black and white TV, okay. Mm, mm. And Jan Baba and Inoki was when everybody bought the color TV. Yes, yeah. different
0: different generations.
2: Different generations, yeah, late 60s into early 70s, you know, when David to Bieber became color. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you if you remember I Love Lucy or something, mm-hmm. the beginning, it was black and white, and uh, later on, it became color.
0: Yeah. So a lot of the, the young Enoki and even Baba fans were probably the, the sons and daughters of Ricky Dozan fans.
2: Yeah, yeah, because I was not there when Ricky Dozan was a hero, you know. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah rick dozen died when i was one year old you know <laughs> when so i started he was watching. a legend
0: already yeah.
2: yes a national hero and then also it links that the post-war period you know that uh people are rebuilding their homes and uh the economy reviving and you, you start you know having refrigerator in your home you start having television set at your home or the laundry, uh, you know, the laundry machine at your house and that the uh, economy booming with like a Tokyo Tower being built, the Olympic being brought back in 1964 and all these things that uh, that uh, that it, it, Japan is becoming big, you know, yeah, like, a, you know, you had the economy boom,
0: right? it became the, the number what two number three nation e- economically culturally uh, japan became important not just within pop culture but within high-tech culture i mean a lot of the uh high tech was coming out of, you know, Japan, like you said, color TVs and refrigerators and and, uh, you know, Sharp and 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 uh, what other companies you have
2: Sharp, Sony, Panasonic, everything Talking about the car, Toyota, Nissan, Honda, Mitsubishi, all these uh, Toshiba, Hitachi, you know, all these companies, you know, became big. That was like a booming period in late 60s into 70s and Antonio Inoki and Giant Baba, the big combination, like both tall Japanese, right? Mm-hmm. And on color
0: TV, they became symbol of 1970s. Mm-hmm. And they that both had, they both had the, the represented fighting spirit, burning spirit.
2: <laughs> that... And the Giant Baba was a world champion, a world, you know, giant.
0: Mm-hmm. And...
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1971, I believe, or oh, like 69, 1970, JWA start carrying wrestling program in two different stations, Ni- Channel 4, Nippon TV and NET. Uh, later on, it becomes TV Asahi, that the uh, Channel 10. So one company had uh, had two different network, two different nights, Monday night and Friday night, you know. Then we start scratching their heads. Is that two different kinds of wrestling? and later on sure enough became all japan and new japan mm. is that interesting
0: it was 1971 where they broke up so what was the the climate like when both well first uh, it was Inoki, was inoki that left. still number
2: yeah. two though still number mm. two because baba and inoki together international tag team champion uh, right, the, the they were that the big tag tag team. By the way, it's the same physical belt that the Suama and the Shotaro Ashino have, you know holds today.
0: Mm-hmm. The very the smaller same... kind of looking belt. Eagle, le- eagle, eagle, leather. eagle mm-hmm. in the middle. Yeah, that
2: tag team, the physical belt is still being used to this day. It's not interesting, like antique. But that were that those two championship belt were the physical championship belt Inoki and Baba together were holding. At the time,
0: the super the team passed yeah. down, and it.
2: also Baba's international heavyweight title is part of Triple Crown today, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so 50 the- years ago. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Then, um, Inoki needed singles championship too. In 1971, Inoki traveled to Olympic, Olympic Auditorium in LA beat John tallas to become United national heavyweight champion, UN champion. That's also part of trip, all Japan's triple crown today. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, one channel, you know, he's UN heavyweight champion and one channel in Baba's international champion. The, it's like, wow, is that two different kind champion in two different channel? And one company it was going to you know to be to go separate way sooner or later because JWA had budget of uh from two different networks and they were spending money you know and then uh, Enoki inoki was going to you know go into the account that uh, somebody's making money that we're not making money and then he was gonna you know going to, you know That they're booking, and they were going to Inoki and his people were were going to clean up the company, and Baba was going to, you know, look into their account too. So, shortly after Inoki left and you know, formed New Japan, and Baba left to to form All Japan, that the old JWA company after all went down.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, to make it, I mean, that was a lot more complicated than this, though. Of but, course, uh, of course. Yeah, basically, Inoki was kicked out by JWA. Therefore, he formed the New Japan Pro Wrestling in March of 1972. In the meantime, Baba was going into their account, you know, to clean up the money and the business situation. And uh, pretty much the backup that the promised by Channel 4 that if you moved out of JWA, who will have. That the Channel Four will be with Giant Baba. There was a promise. So Giant Baba decided to walk away from JWA to form his own All Japan Pro Wrestling. And with, without Baba and Inoki together, pretty much JWA went down quick. The following year, mm. then you know, Seiji Sakaguchi was uh, you know joined New, New Japan Inoki's side, and uh, pretty much you know wrestlers were split into two groups at the time.
0: And uh, we mentioned Carl Gotch earlier, he'd come into play at the beginning of New Japan too. Yeah, because when Inoki left or being kicked out or fired
2: by JWA, he became pretty much isolated from wrestling world that the JWA did everything to stop Inoki from opening up his own company. They, uh, it's kind of almost like a monopoly mentality, right? that the JWA, Yoshino Sato and other people that uh, got in contact with all the promoters in America, please do not help Inoki, right? Yeah, so it's like Inoki was blocked from every major company in America to be associated with. So of all that, Inoki went straight to New York City. At the time, Carl and René Goulet, WWWA Tag Team Champions. See, that the now that the Korogachi is like a more of a symbol of shoot wrestling and MMA, like a pioneer of mma style, right? Mm, strong style. Yeah. But at the time, the, he was uh, under contract with Vince McMahon Senior. He mm-hmm. was a wrestler.
0: WWF, yeah, him and Renee Gouet yeah. were baby faces
2: yeah like european tag team, one from germany and one from 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 france well it's belgium but uh, basically he spoke japanese you know that the german so he was treated as a german superstar anyhow that the, he was traveling and touring wwf at the time and Inoki went straight to uh, koro please help me open this company and then he decided to walk away from wwf and then became part of I became Booker and a trainer of Inoki's new company, New Japan. That was very symbolic. Mm. The reason Inoki and Korogachi was tight was that between 1968 and 1969, about a year and a half period, Korogachi was living in Japan as a coach of JWA. Right, that's right. Yeah, and that was during the time that the Korogach gave Inoki his German suplex hold and octopus hold. And, and Inoki, uh, the, the Korogach also taught Sakaguchi how to do atomic drop as his finish. And he was like a coach. He coached all these young Japanese wrestlers at the time. He was living in Japan. But Inoki spent most time with Korogach and wanted to be like Korogach. Because the, the, the logic at the time was though, Giant Baba's wrestling is so American it's phony antonio Inoki's style is for real that was a logic isn't mm-hmm. that interesting i mean after all it's both wrestling professional wrestling of course but the enoki needed this his um very original logic i don't know about Jan baba that's that's what he does but what i do is real was that's that was ni- 1970s logic
0: well, I, I think Enoki, It seems like he never had. He was never in a position like Baba, where he was backed by the machine. He never had the the big machine backing of NWA or any of the the big money spender or like a like a NTV, for example. It would never. It yeah. was for him that was uh, in charge of underdog. That. He was always yeah. an outlaw underdog, and he always had to work with the outlaw companies in the states, whether it's WWF or the nwf a little before that when he would wrestle johnny powers all the time
2: well, I mean, after that after that like 73 74
0: yeah but all these companies they they weren't because
2: yeah, Inoki was like anti-establishment right. baba right after he opened up john baba right after he opened up all japan pro wrestling he went to went straight to saint louis and met up with people like sam Machinik. became you know, then they got the NWA membership right away.
0: Mm-hmm. They were part of the club.
2: Part of the big establishment, establishment, and also secured Dory Funk Sr. to be his own agent. Therefore, Dory Funk, Terry Funk, uh, Dory Funk Sr., all supplying all kinds, all the territories, top talent from Detroit, the Sheik's people, Indianapolis, uh, Dick the Bruiser people, uh, the AWA Vern Gagne people, uh, Tennessee, California, whatnot—they had a connection with every single that the major territory in America at the time. So Enoki had to work with Skorogach, like I like you said, Johnny Powers, NWF, and a little bit of Montreal people from Montreal, yeah, yeah, and also Michael LaBell from California Olympic Auditorium. Yeah, so very limited offer. And also personal connection with people like Johnny Powers and Inoki's then best friend, Pat Patterson. Yeah, young Pat Patterson and young Inoki were traveling together in Oregon back in 1965.
0: Isn't that interesting? Oh, okay. And did they travel down to California too?
2: Yeah, uh, but uh, Pat Patterson became his own superstar. But uh, Mm -hmm. they kept in touch in the early, early years of... New Japan Pro Wrestling, like 1974, then 1973, they didn't have many major talents. So the most famous wrestler Inoki had was like Johnny Powers, Pat Patterson, and Tiger Mm Singh, or Maguire brothers, if you remember like a big, fat, huge twin brothers, (laughs) yeah. And,
0: was uh, uh, so, Andre the Giant uh, involved uh, around
2: then yet, or was that yeah, nineteen seventy four that Inoki uh, finally f- had a partnership with Vince McMahon Senior. Yeah, and Vince McMahon already had a, had Andre the Giant under contract, but uh, the Vince Senior decided not to keep Andre in New York City the entire year, that the Andre should not stay in one place or his, you know, commodity or his star value or fade, you know, that uh, Andre the giant should make special appearance all year long. So Vince McMahon, senior was sending Andre to all these different territory all over the world, all over us. And whenever under the giant appears, that will become your extravaganza battle royal, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's Florida, where it's Tennessee, or it's uh, Houston, Texas; San Antonio, Texas; Amarillo, Texas; Dallas, Texas; or, or the Vancouver, Canada; or Calgary; or Montreal; or Toronto. Wherever Andre went, it was like a special, like a uh, event, and that's how Andre was treated. In the meantime, that uh, Vince McMahon senior decided to send Anto- that Andre, young Andre the Giant to to Inoki's New Japan company half the year so andre was part of new japan all through 70s so that helped you know mm-hmm. inoki and and that was interestingly enough that the uh, new japan was the only place Andre worked here. see uh. remember 70s and the 80s until he challenged uh hulk hogan for wrestlemania 3 until then Andre the giant was the ultimate baby face wherever he went right mm-hmm but then in new japan ring he always worked as heel Mm, it's not scary to have Inoki. of course and Inoki and under the giant single match became like like your top dollar program
0: kind of a prelude to hogan and andre later on in the 80s
2: yeah i think so i think so yeah but then again that uh, see uh under the giant showed his you know genuine ability ability to work heel he actually wrestled good wrestling match against inoki you know working heel walking into audience walking into crowd like a big monster scary monster that uh, he really worked heel real well in japan and in audience in the u.s didn't know about that at the time
0: yeah we did not see to you. that yeah. yeah
2: right oh worked here all along anyhow that that was inoki's new japan story initially he needed that uh, to create the aura and uh, this uh, almost like ideology that the inoki's wrestling is real where Baba's aunt or something. It's interesting. But the Inoki's wrestling is real. He's with Korogach. He's a symbol and god of wrestling. And that the New Japan logo always had strong style, right? King of sport. Same mm-hmm. logo that the today's New Japan uses that was created back in 1972, the Lion logo. Yep, the Lion mark. Yeah, that logo was created when the in the, the beginning, very beginning
0: of New Japan Pro Wrestling. We did the best we could covering the early, early days of Inoki from growing up, going to Brazil, coming back, going to the States, um, going back to JWA. Tokyo, yeah, yeah
2: oh, Tokyo Pro Wrestling and JWA.
0: Uh, yeah, Tokyo Pro Wrestling, International Wrestling. Um, he did a lot. In, uh, and he was only, geez, maybe before 25, 26 years old,
1: he had right, already done right. quite a
0: bit so and that's just the first episode i think next time we can start off talking the early years of new japan which was kind of like uh it was kind of a platform for inoki because after that one loss to Gotch at the beginning of its you know history it became just the inoki show he was at the main event he was at the top of the card he he took out monsters and and Big foreigners and top Japanese stars for years and years uh, Yeah, but still wasn't part of NWA establishment That's right And this is the New Japan When New Japan started this idea we were talking about The idea that you mentioned The philosophy of my wrestling Is not just different from what you're doing But it's better and it's more real That idea really is coming from the Inoki side you the nwa also, the american style have,
2: you know giant baba's connection
0: right with his
2: american promoters therefore that's another reason he started doing the cross uh that the wrestler against martial arts or inoki against kickboxer inoki against pop professional boxer inoki against judoka uh, that uh yeah therefore the
0: beginning of mma very much so they call it like a mi- mixed uh, what was it called like a mixed fight or something mixed had- martial arts no, there was a name for it earlier on, uh the like a mixed styles match or something. I forget the name uh, of it. Ish, mm-hmm. How do you say that in English? Kaktogi
2: is is actually translated to MMA, mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. Yeah, it became a word later on. So mm-hmm. how influential Inoki really is.
0: Yeah, and and you know just the the general idea of bringing the martial arts into pro wrestling and incorporating it because every single wrestler, maybe every other wrestler you see today has kick pads and does uh, low kicks or high kicks or this used to be so foreign to pro wrestling, especially in the states. Martial arts in general, we saw it first really with New Japan Pro Wrestling and you yeah. guys.
2: And actually, the kicking pad was created by. Satoru Sayama, the original Tiger Mask, and number one protégé kid of young Antonio Inoki. Mm.
0: His DNA is almost everywhere. Oh,
2: God, everywhere. And uh, Satoru Sayama, before he, he was Tiger Mask, he was Inoki's favorite, you know, the tall boy.
0: Hmm. And it, it's interesting because even though they trained together and they had that relationship of mentor mentee, it still seemed like... Sayama became something completely different and completely um, uh, uh, Separate from Inoki He really branched out and well, of course- actually He is more similar to Inoki though Oh, yeah, in, in which senses which ways
2: The creativities and ideas And how to be connected to, uh, with the audience and he always finds his own big sponsors, <laughs>
0: you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right, too. But again, yeah. and no also, association Fujiwara,
2: the Fuji, Then throwing Fujiwara, Yoshiaki, Yoshiaki Fujiwara and Akira Maeda in it, too. He, Those were also, oh, and Nobuhiko Takada. My, Fujiwara, Maeda, Takada, Sayama, they were all Inoki's seconding boy.
0: Oh, and Funaki, and Suzuki, and- Oh,
2: uh, later on, later on. Oh, those but is Fujiwara, later. Oh, the early Fujiwara was guys. the original, then Sayama. Then Maeda, then Takada, before Muto or Minoru Suzuki or anybody like that.
0: But every single name you just mentioned is a big, big, big star.
2: Very influential. So that, that clearly Inoki's
0: DNA in there, though. Everywhere, even still. Everywhere, mm-hmm. even still. It's it's uh, noticeable to even when day. you watch any product. I'm not just talking about Japanese wrestling. You see it everywhere.
2: Yeah, but when we when we do the Giant Baba. Uh, episode, we'll see clearly, you see Baba's DNA in Jambotsura, Mitsuharu Misawa, Kenta Kobashi, Toshiaki Kawada, it's completely different school of wrestling.
0: Yeah, it's more, it's more of an extension of the NWA style. I think yeah, it's a lot but, about uh, toughness and, and athleticism and, and keeping with the the current or not the current but at the time current rules or or, or, the, or the traditional methods sure
2: traditional yeah. wrestling method because American superstars or American establishments always choose Baba over Inoki mm-hmm. Dory Funk Terry Funk Harley Race Bruiser Brody Stan Hansen carrie goldie steve williams everybody you know what i'm saying
0: and they're all big 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 guys giants land of giants compared with there's a reason for it there's Mm -hmm. a reason for it now we'll get to that yeah Mm. but tonight
2: yeah i I think did we cover enough ground for like a very very first episode of antonio Inoki? this should get you (laughs) prepared yeah still still in mid 70s now though
0: yeah the beginning of new japan which is uh, the beginning of a long and very important era, but also one of the most exciting parts of the story.
2: Yeah, Inoki against Korog 70, I mean, uh, in 1972 and 1973, 1974, Korogach still wrestled in the ring. Like 48 mm-hmm. year old, you know, Carl Gatch, still good. I was there I, w- when I was fifth grade and sixth grade. I went in, went over there and actually watched Inoki against
0: Korogach live and he uh, i mean that's that's uh, you were there for the the passing of the torch that seems like what it was it was gotch passing and oh, well,
2: the i learned the word like a deity deities you know carl uh, yeah. got so special i mean i mean different from anybody and he stand there and you can tell this person is so special like his body his aura just by standing there and, and his face mannerism uh, something about him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, God, God of wrestling is not gimmick. I mean, I believed in it. <laughs> I still mm. do to, to, to this day. Yeah. But Ni Inoki and Carl Gotch together, they were the very beginning of New Japan.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm I'm looking forward to our next episode. We're because I think we got everything we need to just jump right into carl Gotch, New Japan, Antonio Inoki and really some of the hottest years of Inoki's yeah, career yeah without
2: that you know without that period of Inoki and Koga there's not there weren't going to be Fujiwara, Maeda, Sayama, Takada, you name it
0: or Shinaki, even Nakamura parentress. or uh Oh, later later on. On.
2: yeah. Yeah. Shibata I, wasn't I mean wasn't even born then. <laughs>
0: it's like it's all connected, which is why what, I fun think about
2: so. It. I think so. Oh yeah. Oh, okay, okay so
0: next time part two we're gonna wrap up the engine and get more into it with antonio and
2: mid 70s into 80s then 80s on yeah
0: yeah, yeah and we'll, Ooh, we'll see some exciting. uh famous all names with pop us. up yeah with us yeah yeah get ready for more andre the giant hulk hogan popping up and stan hansen and all kinds of exciting names younger
2: stan hansen mm-hmm. and the birth of iwgp
0: ah wow there's a lot to this is a lot to do so let's yeah, get ready if for there
2: it. was no nwa world heavyweight title at the time like a closest thing to undisputed world heavyweight title the idea of iwgp w- wouldn't
0: have been born oh we got a lot to cover i got to get my notebook for next time right, okay so take it <laughs> all away. all right so long me. from tokyo